0: Hello and welcome to the Ask the Geographer podcast series from the Department of Education and Outdoor Learning at the Royal Geographical Society with IBG. I'm Harry. In each podcast, I'll meet geographers from around the world to ask them about topical events, timely publications and geographical research. Welcome to another Ask the Geographer podcast. The Society is working with AMSP, standing for the Advanced Mathematics Support Programme. It is a government-funded initiative managed by MEI aiming to increase participation in core maths, AS, A-level mathematics and further mathematics, and to also improve the teaching of these Level 3 maths qualifications. The programme provides national support for teachers and students in state-funded schools and colleges in England. We're delighted to be joined by a number of people from the AMSP who are available to talk to us today, and we will hopefully be highlighting all the different ways maths features in the geography curriculum. We're in conversation with Stella Dudzik, Tom Rainbow, and Kat Vansalos from MEI, and consultant and senior examiner David Holmes, plus Steve Brace and Simon Pinfield from the Royal Geographical Society with IBG, the Education Department. Stella is a former teacher with 22 years of classroom experience, a textbook author, and now the MEI Curriculum and Resources Programme Leader for Mathematics, Education and Industry. Thank you everyone for joining us. Could I start by going around the group to ask each of you to answer in a sentence how maths links to geography? Stella, perhaps you could start first.
1: Okay. Geography is about understanding the world. And to understand the world, you need to be able to work with data So you have to learn and use some statistical techniques that allow you to get the meaning out of the data.
0: Steve, how would you answer that question?
1: Um, What I'd
2: say is what geography does is provide young people with an analysis of the world's people, places and environments and the connections and interaction between them, whether at the local or the global scales. And whether you're looking at geography from a social science lens or a natural science lens, what you'll need is the data, both empirical, quantitative and qualitative, that allow you to make greater sense of, of the world. So whether it's looking at a one in a hundred flood, migration data, or how CO2 levels have, have risen um, over the last few hundred years and their impact on climate change. The use of, math, the use of statistics allows geographers to better understand the world and also gives greater precision to their geography as well.
3: Well, we now have access to a vast quantity of data about the world, and I feel like it's even more important that we've got the skills to make sense of it.
4: I think maths is increasingly linked to geography. Uh, When I started working with the RGS, I, I put together a presentation and I ran it by my father, who was a geography teacher. And um, he was fine with the first few slides. And then we started getting into kind of the math side of it. And he just looked at me sheepishly and said, we didn't do it like this in my day. (laughs) (laughs) And he felt completely out of his depth in terms of the the mathematical content, which I was going to be talking about uh, in the session. So it's evident that geography has, has changed a lot in terms of its relationship with mathematics as the the access to data has increased, I think, in in recent times.
5: I think you're right, Tom. And the review of the curriculum that took place in sort of 2014, 15, and then we had the new GCSEs and A-levels in 2016 kind of being produced, it was clear that the different stakeholders who put together those qualifications thought that maths was really important for modern geography and this ability particularly to analyse, interpret and evaluate geographical data, which often has maths at the back end of it um, or is underpinned by maths, was was seen as really important. So it's, it's, it's really completely bedded into geography now and, it, and it's specified as being maths and statistics in geography.
0: I remember a lot of my colleagues in the geography department really worried about it in 2016 when suddenly there was this onslaught of maths. Could we start by setting the scene? Um, What is the situation for the uptake of maths in schools at the moment?
1: It's the most popular A-level, subject by quite a long way. Uh, In the UK, there are about 100,000 students each year taking A-level maths. Um, It's also the most popular subject at AS level. A newer qualification on the scene are the core maths qualifications. Uh, They're the size of an AS qualification, but they've been specifically designed to support students with the maths in other subjects and with the maths that they need for life and work the numbers taking core maths qualifications keep growing in 2020 there were 12,000 students entered for core maths qualifications in England uh, and actually that was more than any as subject because uh, for as maths which was uh, the most popular one there were somewhere like somewhere between 9 and 10,000 so uh, so it keeps on growing and and that's encouraging
3: yeah, so maths uh, A level is an extremely popular A level, actually. So there's this this year there was ninety four thousand entries, approximately. Uh, core maths is still relatively new, but we were you know pleased to see that the entries went up again this year to nearly twelve thousand. Um, and we would really like to see every student really to have the opportunity to continue studying maths beyond GCSE if that's what they wanted to to do. And uh, you know, we just really strongly feel that this will enable students to to understand the mathematical requirements of their other A levels um, in much greater depth. You know, there's there's so much support that Level Three Core Maths and A Level Maths can provide to geography A Level students.
4: Yeah, I totally agree with Cat. I mean, it's it is a really positive picture at the moment. I think in terms of the uptake of mathematics in schools, uh, I think in two thousand and two there were around about forty five thousand. Students taking A-level maths, so the numbers doubled in the last, well, 17, 18 years, um, and so that's a really great statistic, I think, for for maths education. But A-level maths isn't for everybody, and uh, I'm I'm so excited when Core Maths came along in well, orig- originally in 2013 uh, that there was going to be a, another way of doing maths at level three, um, and quite a different approach to, to the learning of maths, um, but still very challenging and um, sophisticated in terms of what it looks to do, but um, very different in feel to A-level maths.
5: You can't ask me about maths because I'm the geographer uh, yeah. here, so I know nothing about <laughs> A-level maths. <laughs> Only that I did it.
3: <laughs> and how did you find it, David?
5: Yeah, that's what I was about to ask. It was pre-Cambrian times. (laughs) I can't really remember it. It's very useful now, but I think I struggled with it at A-level, if I was being honest.
3: So at the time, you didn't really notice it was supporting with geography?
5: Uh, No, no. No one ever had the conversation about those two being related to each other. It was taught in different buckets, so no.
3: I think there still is work to be done with that as well, isn't there? You know, with the communication between geography teachers and maths teachers. Yeah,
4: I think so. But I think that geography... Uh, from what from the work I've done with geography teachers, it's, it feels as though it's it's more woven into what they do rather than taught as a discrete entity. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, in some other A level subjects, perhaps is happening more so. Um, I think geography see it as being a really important tool for understanding the geography, and therefore it is used regularly within the teaching as and when.
3: Yeah, it doesn't feel like an add on, does it? No.
5: No, I think you're both right. It's it's much more explicit now than it's ever been. It was it used to be implicit, and now it's explicit. You know, it's specified that you need to be able to do these particular things and perform these mathematical procedures.
4: So, but I get the impression—I don't know whether you agree with this, David—that um, if a geography teacher is looking at a particular data set and it would be useful to look at finding the standard deviation for that data set, some will kind of introduce standard deviation as a measure at that point rather than waiting for the specified slot in the scheme of work
5: yeah definitely and I I think that's always the best way to approach it that you you teach these skills just as you might teach the skills of, of field work which run alongside maths as well you teach them when you're teaching the topic so that you add a real flavor to it and as you say tom you can bring in some some often quite complex data and begin to understand it and see see the messages that that data is giving you by um, analyzing it using a different set of mathematical tools rather than teaching it as a sort of a standalone which i think maths has often been criticized for hasn't it that you don't often have a context that's what i remember from my a-level maths there wasn't really a context for why we were doing this particular thing we were we were doing it because you had to learn how to do that procedure whereas i think as geographers we approach it in the opposite direction we want to understand more about this data so we need to find out what procedure helps us understand more about the the messages in the data
4: And although it's a simplification, I think that does kind of capture the difference between learning A-level maths still and and learning core maths. And that's why, you know, for a a geography student, perhaps a core maths course would be more useful in some ways than than an A-level maths course. That is really
0: fascinating, guys. I wish I'd had this conversation when I was in sixth form. (laughs) It's clear that data and mathematical skills are increasingly important, Stella. Um, Can you give us your perspective on this?
1: Well nearly all of us are online. I mean we're recording these online. we spend uh, increasing amounts of our life online and and while we're online, a lot of data can be collected about things like our shopping habits, the news we're interested in and all kinds of other things uh, and in a way that that's a bit weird and and strange to think about, but it's also really interesting and and, and can be really useful. For example, when I want to go to the supermarket, I can look online and see a simple bar chart to see how busy it usually is at different times of the day and week and how busy it is just now compared to that. And then I can make a decision as to whether I want to go to the supermarket now or leave it a bit for when it's a bit quieter. That kind of information is available because of the data that can be collected quickly and then put into a useful format, which allows me and other people to make decisions about what they want to do. Uh, My dad was at school 100 years ago. I've just realised that today. And and he was really good at arithmetic. All his life, he was good at arithmetic. And he had books that he wrote down, the spending on different things in the household and added it up and kept track of the family finances that way. And, And in his day, that was the kind of thing that you needed to be able to do in order to manage your life, in order to succeed at work. And uh, the world's moved on 100 years later, and the kinds of things that we need to be able to do now is to understand the information that we get that's presented to us in graphs and numbers. So being able to understand data and being able to work with numerical information are really important skills for, for our lives and also for work. Why do you think
0: high levels of mathematics and numeracy are of value in society, um, on top of what you've already outlined to do with uh, finance and, of course, data
1: analysis? Um, two reasons. The first of them is is the value to the individual. There's been some fairly recent research that's shown that people with poor numeracy skills are more likely to believe fake news about coronavirus, for example, If you don't have reasonable maths and numeracy skills, then it's harder to understand and navigate the world that we live in, as well as harder to make good decisions about life and harder to succeed in education and employment. And the second reason is the value to society. Um, I I mentioned earlier that I'm a regular user of a little bar chart online that tells me how busy the supermarket is, but somebody had to think of using the available data and putting it into that simple format that would be useful to people. And there's all kinds of ways, some of which we can't imagine yet, that making good use of data can help to make life better for individuals and for society. So we need people that can think of these new uses for data and how to make it work for us.
0: Of course, because it's everywhere and it's it's so important. Um, We're very interested to know about the core maths qualifications that are available to S4 formers. For anyone who doesn't already know, can you give us a little insight into what students cover and the value of those qualifications?
1: I'm really pleased you asked me that. I was involved with the development of the core maths qualifications and it was one of the most exciting things I've done in my working life. We've got new GCSEs and A-levels being developed from time to time, But usually they're based on a qualification that already exists and it's kind of a a step forward, hopefully, and an adaptation of what was there already. Core maths was a a new kind of qualification. Uh, And so it was based on the sort of maths that students would need for other subjects, for understanding the world and for future study and work. That determined the kind of stuff that went in there. So obviously statistics is in there because... you know, we've already said we need to be able to understand data, we need to be able to work with statistics. There's some financial maths, so so things like how loans and savings work, and also how to understand percentages and risk in real life situations. Obviously, students will have have worked with percentages at GCSE level, but often uh, the numbers are kind of easy numbers to, to help So, that you've got the skills, but this is looking at how it works in real life and how to understand what it's actually telling you. Um, All the kinds of things that we've been seeing over the past few months with the coronavirus pandemic, the statistical graphs, exponential growth, risk, all of that is in core maths. And so, students who've got a core maths qualification have got a good basis for understanding all different kinds of things that might happen in the world that they'll be faced with. A core maths qualification is the same size as an AS, and it's a level three qualification, so it's the same kind of standard. So for students, it's a bit like taking an AS alongside your other subjects. Students who take core maths find that it will support the other subjects that they're doing in the sixth form, but it will also give them some useful skills for their future life and work. It's a new qualification, only been examined since 2016. So it's not available in all schools or colleges yet, but it is becoming more widely available. So now universities are starting to give lower offers for students who get a good grade in core maths because they recognise the value of what they've learned. Now that's not all universities yet, although uh, I live in hope, but it's becoming an increasing thing that universities are doing.
0: I remember as a former uh, head of geography, I used to really encourage my year 12 students into some form of maths because all of a sudden they had to comprehend and work out the Mann-Whitney U test, the the, the chi-squared um, statistical equation and standard deviation, and it really helps. So that's really great to hear. Steve, as Head of Education and Outdoor Learning, could I ask you about the projects or initiatives around the development of quantitative skills? Can you tell us a little about why the society feels it's important to be involved in this type of work?
2: Absolutely. I mean, as we've seen, math, statistics are really important tools for geographers to draw on. And the society work closely with the Department for Education, the exam boards and Alcab. During the formal reform process, both to GCSE and to A level, to seek to strengthen the quantitative elements of GCSE and A-level geography for the for the specifications that are currently being taught. And we're delighted with the, the changes that have happened within both GCSE and A-level that have both included quantitative elements as required aspects of assessment for geography across both levels, and also. Greater range and extent in the in the skills and requirements across the examinations too. For example, within A level geography, young people now have to undertake an independent investigation, and that can be based on qualitative analysis, but more generally, it's based on quantitative analysis of so first-hand fieldwork, secondary sources of data, and the analysis, presentation, and critical review of the young people's findings, and that is a really important skill for them to be developing within a piece of their own work before they then progress, whether they're going to progress onto university to do geography or another subject area. And we've certainly seen over the last 15, 20 years, an almost doubling in the number of geography undergraduates who are now carrying A-level maths, which is really encouraging to see. About 20% of current geography undergraduates also have studied A-level maths. But of course, you know, The Royal Geographical Society recognises when young people are looking at their three A-level choices, and clearly core maths can sit alongside that, not all of them will necessarily choose A-level maths. So where there's the opportunity, if your school or college is offering core maths, we'd really encourage young people to consider this as a complementary course to their geography while they're studying their A-levels. It will strengthen their ability to use statistical techniques it will um, reinforce the work they're doing in geography. But also, if they're moving on to, to university and the subject they're going to study has quantitative elements, it will continue their fluency of maths over the 60, uh, 16 to 18 phase. And as Stella's mentioned, there are universities that are starting to provide lower offers if you're carrying core maths as one of your Uh, qualifications and there are some geography courses that are part of that family of universities and you'll get a slightly reduced offer if you're also carrying core maths. You can find those details online um, but it's encouraging to see those developments from our university colleagues in geography departments too.
0: You mentioned there that it uh, strengthens a student's ability to use Statistical techniques, Steve. Uh, are there any other benefits to geographers of studying mathematical qualifications, uh, be it core maths or A level maths, in conjunction with A level geography?
2: I think one thing it will also provide, um, and we've seen this through a lot of the training we've been been providing for teachers with Stella, Tom, and Cat, is drawing in the uh, sort of the pure maths elements also helps unpick the purpose of the mathematics that might be applied in a geographical context. Now, clearly geographers are drawing on statistical techniques or other quantitative techniques within a geographical context, a particular piece of analysis, interrogating a piece of data. But by working with mathematicians, whether within core maths or otherwise, I think that allows a bit of a broader understanding of the purpose of maths. So for example, in some of the training work we've been doing jointly with MEI colleagues, Geography teachers have been able to step back from just the application of a particular statistical test to actually understand the significance of that test in terms of what it's approaching, whether it's understanding correlation, whether it's understanding causality, and some of the broad mathematical principles that have led to that. And I think that's a useful bit of, of sort of professional development for teachers rather than just, for geography teachers, rather than just picking a test off the shelf to use, to actually better understand the purpose and the, the point of that test from both a mathematical point of view and its applied geographical context that they'll be using with their, their young people. I think that goes similarly so for young people who might be studying additional qualifications alongside geography, and whether it's core maths, AS maths or A-level maths, it both reinforces what they might do in geography. It strengthens their maths, but also gives them a deeper mathematical understanding they can take into the geography classroom too.
0: And with that professional development, how do you think that would benefit students in their application to university and beyond?
2: I think it's something they might want to reflect in their personal statements. Um, I think it's also something that might subsequently help them, um, whether they're doing geography at university or whether they're doing another subject at university, it continues to support whatever realm of study they're, they're, they're doing. And clearly there will be other social science, other humanities subjects, other scientific subjects that young people who study geography will go on to study. Carrying the ability to, to apply it within a real-world context that you get through applying it through geography, I think are really important. You might be going on to do, I don't know, a, um, a politics degree, and I think we'd all agree that, that people who are analysing the world from a political point of view, having those mathematical skills, and also the additionality that geography provides of being able to apply maths within a locational and spatial context, looking for variations and differences of different places and how they're connected and they vary in that context is a really important skill to have, even if you're not carrying on to study geography at university.
0: Tom, can we turn our attention to you? I understand that you're pretty good with uh, working with spreadsheets. What do you think everyone should aim to
4: acquire Uh in terms of skills in
0: this area,
4: well, I don't know where the, where you've got your news from, but I really am not very good at
6: using spreadsheets. Uh,
4: and I really hope that nobody who's listening to this podcast is thinking I'm going to put him on the spot now, because I will I will immediately crumble. Um, but i have a I have a reasonable relationship with spreadsheets. I would say, um, but there's so much more that you can do with them than than I'm able to do. Um, and I see that as something that I, I wouldn't want to develop as I uh, go through my career. Um, I know it's important uh, and I know it's important partly because I've spoken to ex-core math students in the past couple of years um, as part of the work that I do now and the the one skill that they said that they learned doing core maths that they found the most useful in what they've gone on to do subsequently is learning how to use spreadsheets. And even the, the girl I spoke to who is who is doing uh, theatre studies and is currently between her level three studies and her higher education, she said, well, I'm still using spreadsheets all the time because I do my mum's personal finances for her. So, um, you know, spreadsheets are, they're just a tool, but they make, you know, they can make things so much more efficient, can't they? So it's a, it's a way of creating efficiency within the work that you're doing. Talking of tools, there's a wealth of uh, open data out there
0: for people to use. What do you think are the advantages of vast quantities of open data for people to access?
4: This is a really exciting development, I think. Um, And it's so useful for people to be able to access information in numerical form now. Uh, When I was learning in the mid-80s, when I was at school, the thought of being able to access huge banks of data is just mind boggling. You know, you wouldn't have, you simply couldn't do it at the time. Um, and, and, it, you know, it's a double edged sword. And I think, you know, there's a lot of misuse of data and uh, a lot of the processing that's done. And then the presentation of the results of, the, of that processing is done in such a way that you're trying to mislead or, or to steer people's thinking in a particular way. And I think it's absolutely essential that young people these days are able to question and critically analyse the information that are being presented with. And the way to do that is to um, explore things, I think, and and to be empowered to be able to do that. David Spiegelhalter, who um, was Professor of Risk at uh, the University of Cambridge until recently, um, was quoted the other day. He quoted a, a a report from the Royal Society saying the most consistent predictor of decreased susceptibility to misinformation about COVID-19 was numerical literacy. Um, And so, you know, what's he saying there, Well, I think he's saying that there's a lot of reporting of statistics about the coronavirus at the moment, and a lot of it is misinformation or could be interpreted as misinformation. And if you have numerical literacy, which is what we're hoping our students will will gain through learning core maths, um, A-level maths, A-level geography, then they will be able to find their way through that field of information and hopefully come out the other side with a a more informed, um, balanced view than perhaps they have been presented with by the media or by the politicians or whoever it is that's using that information.
0: I find myself that I've got to switch on when I hear a lot of the statistics even just ratios I, I sometimes don't appreciate that it's one out of 100,000 yeah. or one out of 500,000 or a million so it's a really interesting point
4: well I have no idea what it means if you to die of covid I mean uh, how that gets measured I've you know it's flabbergasting that it can be simplified to such an extent you know people die for lots of reasons and multiple causes and how can you pin it to one thing and how much testing is there and you know all these things it's just it's just such a minefield and and what we'd want is for our uh, students to recognize that to not go okay well we're worse than this country or we're better than this country because the number t- tells us that but actually say well what is that number actually telling me and and i and i think these courses will go a long way to providing those sorts of uh, those sorts of avenues for for students to kind of do that learning and become aware. Um, Kat, how do you make the teaching and learning of mathematics fun?
3: Well, obviously, I kind of find all maths fun, uh, and and I don't really believe that making maths fun and engaging is about necessarily the activities you do in, in lessons. But for me, I think a lot. Of, you know, one of the reasons that students don't find it fun is because they've got a lot of anxiety associated with it. Um, And it's to do with fear. So, you know, I strongly believe that we need to create an environment where it's, you know, you're encouraged to have a go um, and it's okay to make mistakes as long as you're going to learn from them. I know lots of geography teachers who are huge fans of Radio 4s, more or less. And there's so many similarities between more or less and the approach in Level 3 core maths. So you're often starting with the problem that might seem impossible to answer. But by reasoning and estimation, you're able to get a really good sense of the solution. Um, And this makes the course more engaging and perhaps less terrifying for for those, you know, that are maybe afraid not to get that one right answer.
0: There are a lot of free resources and tools for teachers and students to use to develop their mathematical skills. Can you give us some of your favourites and why they're so good?
3: Yeah, so I've been out of the classroom now for a couple of years, but I have not forgotten how busy teachers are and how incredibly hard they work. So generally, my kind of go-to resources that I recommend to people are ones that are very, very easy to embed within your lessons and don't take huge amounts of preparation. So one of my absolute favorites is um, a way to easily embed data analysis and graphical techniques and understanding into lessons. And it's a feature in the New York Times called What's Going On In This Graph. And what happens is uh, a graph is released on a Thursday and students are invited to live comment. And they're really sort of specific about the order they want students to approach this. So they're asked to, to comment on what do they notice. And then perhaps after they've had a chance to think about the, the graph and the data a bit more, perhaps do they have any questions about it? What do they wonder? And finally, what's the story that this graph is telling? Uh, and I really believe that this enables all students to access it because you know everyone can notice something. So when they live comment, people around the world might you know reply to their comment. Um, And this one, the one that's out this week is actually about how climate change might affect your community. So there's a great deal of the the past ones um, that have been available that are really, you know, obviously relatable to geography as well. There is a follow-up and some of the students' comments might be highlighted and they'll also delve deeper into the statistical terms, which I think is something that can be quite challenging. You know, people might be able to make very, very general comments about um, a graph or some data, but actually digging deeper and, you know, relating that to statistical terms can be quite challenging. So some teachers are just in the habit of putting this graph up every week for 20 minutes during the lesson and students get used to commenting on it. Um, And as time goes on, they really, really develop their, you know, interpretation skills and are certainly not afraid to have a go. And this could easily be replicated by using graphs in the UK media as well. I would love a British newspaper to, uh, to take up this as well. That would be excellent. Um, and another absolute favorite of mine is a blog by someone called Mark Dawes, and it's called Questions Inspired by a News Story. So what he does is he takes current news stories and he writes the questions and answers for them. Um, and he's got a spreadsheet on there so you can search from previous articles by context. So you could find a particular context that was you know, useful for whichever context you were studying in geography at the time. Or you can look by mathematical area. So if you wanted to teach specific, you know, estimation skills or percentages, then you could go that way and then find an article and um, that might be supportive too.
0: They're really great ideas, Kent. Um, we subscribe to the New York Times, um, and I've seen that. It's a really great um, initiative, what's going on in this graph. Um, I think the FT do something similar with a, with a graphics page, which would be another um, recommendation for geography and math students.
3: Brilliant. Yeah, we, I mean, we also have a free online core maths platform for teachers who are teaching core maths, and there is obviously a lot of material on there that would support geography as well. We do really strongly encourage math teachers to collaborate with geography more um, you know we want them to speak to the geography um, department and say you know is there any particular areas you're struggling with you know and then they can they can work with those within their lessons too because they have a bit more freedom in terms of how much time they have to deliver the course.
5: Can I also put in a plug for the which is very similar the Economist daily chart that they have as well um, that's a another sort of I think straightforward go-to I mean to get to access it on multiple occasions during a month you do need an account um, a paid for account to do it but you can dip in and out of it and I think you get access to a at least a couple of them a month so um, yeah I, I think that's excellent as well
0: these are such great recommendations hopefully everyone's listening and and, and taking notes um could I ask all of you why do you think it would be good for more students to consider studying core maths and for more schools to start offering it
3: I've sort of touched on this before, but I'm I'm sure like all A-levels, I'm sure geography teachers find that they have got a lot of content to deliver in a relatively short period of time. So by studying core maths alongside geography A-level, that enables students to get additional practice analysing data, which will support them in geography and other subjects as well. So we do really encourage collaboration across departments. And, I, you know, personally, I've been really surprised by the level of maths and A-level geography questions. And the maths teachers that we talk to are really surprised as well. You know, I think there, there isn't enough understanding out there about, about the level of challenge. And perhaps, you know, even A-level maths teachers are surprised by, you know, the level of understanding that students can have in geography by relating the context to, to the maths, you know, because that is something that they do struggle with in maths to do.
4: I think one of the things about maths is that you just don't know where you're going to end up. And um, it's surprising how many people I've spoken to have ended up using maths in ways that when they were at school, they would never have imagined. And so, you know, core maths is, is around because it supports students in their A-levels. In the other A-levels, it also supports students in many degree courses that they might go on to study. But I think beyond that, and I think, you know, this is, this is one of the most exciting things about being a core maths teacher, is, is that it's not really about passing an exam. It's about providing you with tools for life. And, um, you know, it's, it's going to be pretty rare, whatever you end up doing, that you're not going to end up doing something which involves mathematics just like my ex-student who's helping her mum with her personal finances using a spreadsheet. If you're going to go into any line of business, then you probably ultimately want to be running that business. And then you're going to be having to work with finances and uh, make predictions and put business plans together. And all of these things involve maths, don't they? So I see it as being absolutely fundamental in terms of preparing a young person for, for life beyond education.
5: Yeah, I think I echo what really what previous folks have said, really, particularly Cat, um, in terms of the more that we can, I think, dovetail together A-levels so that learners can see the synergy between them, really, and so that they're able to use the skills from the toolkit that they might have in in maths or even in particularly in core maths and apply that into geography then i I think we you know from a selfish point of view we get much better geographers to be honest you know i would stick my neck above the water and perhaps be shot down by some geographers and actually say look the you know the world in the 21st century doesn't really need you to be an expert in oxbow lakes necessarily i think as a geographer your skill set is much more about employability in terms of reasoning with numbers and data and complexity and all of those are really indissolubly wedded to core maths in my opinion
1: Sometimes people don't like maths that much at GCSE because it feels like a grind of learning a load of stuff that's not that useful. And and I have some sympathy with that because, I I mean, I didn't like maths that much till I was 16 because I didn't kind of see the point of it then. But once they start doing core maths, they see the point of it. So students find it interesting and they find it useful. What better reasons to offer a qualification? It's interesting and it's useful.
2: Here, here. Steve, do you have anything to add? I suppose one thing um, is probably useful to add as well is I talked about how the qualifications have been strengthened and how we have the opportunity of core maths that complement A-level geographer, geographers' uh, studies. There are other things that have um, been provided since the introduction of the new specifications that have supported teachers with their own professional development, their own subject knowledge and also supported young people studying geography with these new enhanced quantitative elements too. And just to give a couple of examples, with support from the Nuffield Foundation, the Royal Geographical Society set a programme of workup called Data Skills in Geography, which provided professional training for teachers, online resources, a series of curated data sets that apply different techniques and statistical analysis to data sets ranging from economic data to environmental data data focus on the UK conditions and also global conditions. So teachers can see how you can unpack a statistical test and technique within a particular body of work. And to directly support students, we also uh, produced both a printed version, but also more usefully for everybody to be able to access an online guide to the independent investigation. And this outlines how students can set up a hypothesis, interrogate data, collect their own data, make it valid, understand anomalies, and then apply the different tests and techniques to allow them to critically evaluate it, present it, and then review it as part of their investigation. And we have complemented that with a a lot of additional resources beyond. That work subsequently been been complemented with work we're doing with, with Stella and her colleagues through MEI, which is making much greater connection between the content of core maths, the skills, understanding and concepts you develop through core maths both in terms of teachers teaching it and young people studying it, supporting our geography community of teachers to to better understand that and also sharing that knowledge with higher education geographers. As I've mentioned some have already started to offer reduced offers if you're carrying A-level maths as a student and we're widening the the group of um, higher education geographers who are being brought into the core math circle um, because for university colleagues they'll understand A-level maths but core maths is still relatively new in their world so it's important we talk to our geography community in terms of highlighting the benefits that this can provide with proper benign self-interest to to young people and their geography studies that how it can provide support to, to young geographers moving on from school to university.
0: Could you tell us a little more about the work you're doing with geography teachers and why that's particularly valuable, Simon?
6: Yes, uh, we've been running a series of online CPD with Kat and Tom leading on those. And David's now involved in that as well. And we've been looking very much at the mathematical requirements of the different geography specifications. And it's been really good to just be able to explore how those different skills can be developed partly through using online tools that are freely available. And it's just been great for us as an organisation to be able to lead on this really important project. It's so valuable as well that we can bring together the core maths concepts with geography because there is so much relevant overlap. And it's just really helpful for teachers and also for their students to be able to share and offer these ideas.
0: We've heard a lot already about the benefits of mathematical skills for geography students, David. um, You've worked extensively um, as a geography consultant. Could you tell us why the skills we've heard about are so important for GCSE and A-level geographers?
5: Well, I guess the obvious answer is that the skills of analysis, interpretation and also mathematical skills are are baked into GCE and GCSE geography. So, without those sorts of skills that we've already talked about today, um, students are really not going to be able to access the full range of marks that are offering those qualifications. I mean, I think if you were to do a totaling up, then you could argue that 50% of the total marks in either A level or GCSE geography are available for interpreting resources, analysing information and creating argument, and that also includes some procedural maths. Uh, Those maths are sort of linked to what we call assessment objective four in GCSE and assessment objective three in um, A-level geography. But for me personally, I think there's a much more important reason why young people want to know about the importance of connecting maths in geography. If we say that geography is about learning about the world and places and perhaps processes that are going on, then surely geographers also need to be able to identify problems at a range of scales and present solutions, because that, that's a really important thing that we do. And to me, that's a, the, the key idea here is the idea of scale. And that has, I think, really strong links with maths, perhaps appreciating how much different options costs or returns on investment or interpreting timescales or seeing the significance of a distribution on a map all of those ideas have mass at the core and I think without a deep understanding of maths connected to geography then we as a group of people as geographers we won't be fully empowered to make the correct decisions either now or in the future.
0: Can you give us a couple of examples of the ways quantitative skills might be assessed in examinations you mentioned um, how they're incorporated into is it AO3 at A level?
5: Yes, yeah. I mean, there's quite a lot of overlap, really, between the prescribed skills in both GCE and GCSE geography, although there's obviously progression between the two. I think if you look at GCSE, then procedural maths is obviously common across all of the awarding bodies. Um, example questions around things around central tendency so mode mean median ranges those sorts of things are often asked but there are also these what we call these ao4 questions which can be more applied so from for example interpreting numerical data on maths or quantifying rates of change on a line graph they're also counted as maths in geography i think at a level the math skills are assessed in exam papers again through these procedural skills those are different to GCSE so they might involve the completion of a spearman's rank calculation or perhaps calculating parts of a Gini coefficient but they're really important in the independent investigation this is where students get the chance to do a piece of coursework on their own and I think those skills of making sense of your own data those are really where you're going to have the opportunity to show your metal, as it were, in the maths and piecing a story together and then reaching reliable conclusions.
0: Finally, can you give a sentence to sum up why this area of work is so important?
3: So, personally, I don't think there's ever been a more important time to understand maths to to help you make sense of the world, you know, and I, I am sort of hopeful that, that we can produce a sort of more rational next generation, you know, who'll be able to be better prepared to take care of the world and the people in it.
0: And David?
5: I think I very much sort of link on with what Kat has said, really. I mean, the world as we know it at the moment is is becoming increasingly unpredictable, And the decisions that people are making are reportedly driven by data, but they are very complex decisions. And I think that as geographers, we need to have a a deep understanding of what those decisions are, whether they're right or wrong. And so combining geography and maths, we can help students along a journey of being better individuals and citizens.
1: Statistics can help us to understand the world better, and that opens up all kinds of possibilities
2: there's a really hugely beneficial opportunity of better connecting geographical analysis and maths and statistics. And in the real world, whether it's business planning, whether it's infrastructure projects, whether it's helping prepare better for hazards and natural phenomena, these two areas of geography, geographical location analysis, and drawing on maths and statistics really help. And just by way of one example, The government launched something called the Geospatial Commission, which is seeking to support the better use of geographical location data. So whether it's material from the um, Office of National Statistics, other massive data sets and location data as well, and is estimated if Britain can use these data sets better, we'll gain over potentially 11 billion pounds of net value to the UK. We'll have better run public services, more efficient and more profitable businesses and will have supported national life through that net gain. So I think that just illustrates the connection of both geography and maths in one really clear example.
6: I think it's a really hard area for some geography teachers and also geography students to really upskill themselves and get used to working with data and numbers as part of their geography studies or their geography teaching. So I think to be able to provide really useful tools and ways of doing that is so so helpful and um, it's been really good to be able to uh, be involved in that.
4: You know going back to what David was saying earlier about how as a geography teacher you really want to kind of just be able to use the maths as and when it's appropriate. And I think that takes a lot of confidence. And I'm not entirely sure that if I was teaching geography, I would have the ge- geographical skills to just be able to take anything and run with it. And I think in the same way, you, you, maybe it's, it's difficult to expect a geography teacher to be able to just pick up and run with an element of mathematics that might fit with what they're doing at, at a given time. But you know, the introduction of core maths into the curriculum is going to raise awareness of how maths links with geography amongst geography teachers. And I see the work that we do with the RGS uh, as being a really good way of strengthening those ties and ensuring that the geography teachers in the country are able to use mathematics in a natural way when they're teaching. And and for students to see this being modelled in the classrooms and to themselves use it, I think is really, really exciting. And uh, I'm so pleased that we've, we've got this project going because I, I see it as um, a really useful vehicle for being able to give confidence to, to the A-level geography teachers in the country. What a
0: wonderful way to finish. Thank you for all your advice and your input today. Thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, please subscribe to the Ask the Geographer podcast series on iTunes and Soundcloud.com. Be inspired and stay informed with the Society's wide range of resources, many of which are free. School membership unlocks access to other excellent resources, including online lectures and many other tailor-made benefits for teachers and students. Access our resources at www.rgs.org schools.